This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM, Channel 8, and on ESPN Plus. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys today. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports. That's me at HDouglas83. That's him. You can also join the conversation on the CC call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. It is time, Harry. For us to figure out if we respect it or do we check it, this is going to be an NFL Achilles heel edition. And for that, we bring in Devin Kane. I think if Devin's actually here this time, this didn't go well last time I tried to bring in our producer to help us with a segment. I'm here this time. I was a bad teammate. Oh. I, got, I left you guys out to dry on that one. That's on, that's on me. Well, boy, Devin. Thank you for joining us. All right. Let's Atta do boy. it. Let's do it, huh? We got a controversial one here for the first. Let's start it off, okay? Well, where tell us where this is coming from, Devin. Okay, so, that would be so this is from Bill Barn. Bill Barn will <laughs> put an article of there's four in his mind, fourteen Super Bowl contenders, which is kind of a lot to be honest. But each have their own Achilles heel. Every team in the NFL has an Achilles heel, and so you guys are going to respect or check if this Achilles heel is is legit. What do you think? So here was you here can, was, and you can find this article on the dot com right yes. on ESPN.com. Yeah, if you search Bill Barnwell, you'll be able to find it. All right, first up, Let's Rams. He okay. has their Achilles heel listed as running back. Harry, what do you think of that? Wrong. I don't think it's a running back room. When I look at the Los Angeles Rams, I think they're three deep at the running back position. Cam Akers, we all seen what he meant to this offense when he came back healthy last year. Also, we know what Daryl Henderson Jr. could be. Not to mention, they have a third guy in their room that they drafted out of Notre Dame and Kyron Williams. So, for me, if I'm looking at the Rams and what their Achilles uh, heel can actually be, it's their offensive line because they did lose Austin Corbett and Andrew Whitworth. So they have to figure out if the two guys that's going to be in their slots, are they going to be able to live up to the name that those two guys and the play that those two guys actually had. Yeah, I have the exact same Achilles heel. I don't know what he's doing here, what Bill Barnwell is doing here with running backs. Like, is it, is it like literally because Cam Akers is coming off of an Achilles injury? So that's why the running backs room is the Achilles heel because – Cam Akers should be healthy and explosive again this season. I would think that the Achilles heel is exactly what Harry just said. It's the O-line and an O-line that's tasked at protecting a quarterback that apparently is going into the season with major elbow injuries Mm -hmm. and a quarterback in his mid-30s. So I actually do think that those O-line concerns are legitimate ones. Devin? All right, let's move on to the Cowboys, who, according to ESPN's FPI, have a 70.2% chance to make the playoffs. Bill Barnwell lists their Achilles heel as kicker. Amber, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'll let Harry break down the kicker situation uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. I feel like that's more his department, but I think I would make the Dallas Cowboys Achilles heels just the consistency at that quarterback position with Dak Prescott because a lot of people, of course, have the concerns there. I think also you could maybe add Ezekiel Elliott to that list. I understand that the guy who's also in that running back's room with him might be even better than him, but Ezekiel Elliott has the ugly contract and it's looked ugly of late. He does seem like he's past his prime. He'll probably come off their books at the end of this season, but those two things combined, I think, are the more obvious Achilles heel for the kickers. Give me your kicker Cowboys full analysis of that entire kickers room. (laughs) Yeah, but first, I, got, I have to say this about kickers because I was a guy that actually held field goals in college. So I had okay. the utmost, utmost respect for uh, specialists. But I, it's definitely not the kicker when we talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Number one, I have two. Number one is Mike McCarthy because we've seen him 
and situational football last year not be good. We see clock management not be good. We see this team be one of the most penalized teams, the most penalized team in the National Football League, and that lies on the head coach. Uh, number two for that I have is the wide receiver room because James Washington just went down. You traded Amari Cooper. You have C.D. Lamb as your other number one. Michael Gallup just tore his ACL in January. He's not going to be back right now. So you're going to tell me that you're going to go into a season with C.D. Lamb as your one, Jalen Turbot, a rookie being your two, and we don't know who else? So those two things for me will be in Achilles' heel before anything Unless else. they get OBJ, but he Ooh. probably won't be ready to play football for a long time. Not to November. Devin? All right, let's move on to a division rival in the Philadelphia Eagles who have a 52% chance to make the playoffs according to ESPN's FPI. Their Achilles' heel, linebackers and safeties. Harry, thoughts? <laughs> I agree with one of them. I agree with the linebacker position. Uh, their linebackers struggled tremendously last year. It's probably one of the reasons why when N'Kobe Dean from the University of Georgia was sitting there, they said, damn it, let's go get N'Kobe Dean. Uh, my buddy John Gannon, he's a defensive coordinator. Uh, I know he know this. That linebacker position really hurt them last year in the athleticism or the lack of. Now, when you look at the safeties, I, I wouldn't necessarily say the safeties because they just got um, Jaquaski Tart. From the 49ers, if Jaquashi Kitchens would have caught that interception in the NFC Championship game, they would have had a Super Bowl appearance. But they also have Anthony Harris, so I'm just going to go with the linebackers there. Uh, I don't fully agree with the linebackers. I understand if we're looking at last season that that was definitely Achilles an Achilles heel for this Eagles team, but Harry just mentioned it. I mean, John Gannon has really turned his attention to that linebacker's position. They did draft N'Kobe Dean. They also brought in Kaiser White as well. Like, they have done – uh, some retooling at that linebacker position. The secondary, though, for me, is another story. There are question marks, particularly when it comes to DBs. They do have that giant void opposite Darius Slay that is hanging out there. So from a second, I guess I'll agree with him, uh, not necessarily in terms of safeties directly, but in terms of the secondary as the Achilles heel. And also, I mean, listen, there's still probably question marks at that quarterback position for this Eagles team as well. Devin? Harry with a gasp. All right. I like Jalen. I do. I actually like Jalen, but I mean, are you sold on him? I think Jalen can actually be, have the best season out of the quarterbacks in this division. Okay. I really do. Do you want to expand on that? I mean, you think well, he's well, better well, than Dak? You think he's... Well, well no, but I'm saying... I mean, I, I'm, I, not, I'm I, not going to sit here and argue with you about Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz. Like, no, I mean, the I, division say, that he's in. I don't know if that's saying a ton other than maybe that you think that he's going to be better than Dak Prescott. Yeah, but here's the thing. Having the best season doesn't mean it's just individuality. It means having the best season and team success as well. I think they have the better team in the NFC East. I think they're going to win the NFC East. They had the number one rushing offense last year. They added A.J. Brown. So I do believe uh, that they filled a lot of voids offensively um, that, they, that they needed to fill. They have the best, if not the best, top two or three offensive line in the National Football League. So, and, and Jalen Hurts adds to the run game. So that's why I said that. Devin? All right, let's move on to the Cleveland Browns. And in the article, I just want to make note that Bill says that, you know, he's going to leave the Deshaun Watson stuff uh, alone until it, we know what's fully with going on with him. So his – Achilles heel for them is wide receiver. Harry, a position you know well. Do you agree? Disagree? Well, he agreed to live the leave the quarterback position out of this. Not me. <laughs> I think it's the quarterback position. Because uh, it looks like Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended a year. Are they going to rock with Jacoby Brissett for the entire year if that happens? Or are they going to go get Jimmy G? So for me, I'm going to say quarterback. Uh, I mean, it is a young group of receivers. Uh, Amari Cooper, though, there is is there to help them with leadership. So I'm surprised with that acquisition 
that this would be the Achilles heel for the team. I know David Bell is a rookie, right? The third, the third uh, round pick from Purdue. I, I don't, I, I mean, the reports are that he's a burner. Harry knows a lot more about actually breaking down the film of these guys than I do because this is a young receiver's room. But because Cooper's there, it all depends what happens with that quarterback position. I guess it's against the rules to throw the Deshaun Watson situation in there, but how can you not? If it's Jacoby Brissett throwing these young guys the football, it's going to be a very different story than if Deshaun Watson is. Yeah, and here, here's what I'll say about the receiver room. Um, I think the confines of that offense, and you know, we know they're going to rush the football, and that's going to be their main thing. Uh, and they have two solid tight ends as well, and Harrison Bryant and David Njoku, who they just gave an extension to. Uh, I, I don't see the wide receiver room not going as planned. For me, that's the quarterback, that's the quarterback position. All right, let's move on to one more. The Green Bay Packers. It seems like the Achilles heel every year is Aaron Rodgers doesn't have enough guys to throw to. That's doubly this year with Devontae Adams not being on the team. Bill Barnwell has a wide receiver position for the Packers as their Achilles heel. What do we think? Yeah, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree. He doesn't just have Devontae Adams missing. He has Valdez Scantling as well missing from this wide receiver's room. Tell me I'm wrong, Harry Douglas. I, I'm picking two, okay? I, I'm sorry. I got to pick two. Oh, there we go I'm again a, with Harry I'm, picking two. Hey, hey, oh, always. Hey, hey, this guy hey, can't hey, ever follow the rules. Yeah, Harry the rule breaker. <laughs> So I'm going to go with wide receivers, but also potentially the offensive line. If Bakhtari isn't healthy, if Elton Jenkins isn't healthy, because those are two people that Aaron Rodgers is really, really counting on, and not just Aaron Rodgers, but the offense, period, for the Green Bay Packers, because they want to rush the football with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. So if two of your top dogs on the offensive line cannot stay healthy, then that's going to be an issue. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, maybe it, it, I, I fully agree with Harry. I think it, maybe the O-line is, is a bigger concern because of the health of those guys. We done, Devin? You wanna, let's get one more in there. Why not? Let's, okay, let's get crazy. We're having fun. All right, the Colts, another wide receiver, Achilles heel. What do we think, Harry? Harry? I agree. I agree. Um, they only have Michael Pittman. And when a lot of people early on was talking about Matt Ryan could potentially win in, uh, be an MVP candidate, it was two things that I said I don't think – why I didn't think it would happen. Number one, Jonathan Taylor and the offense runs through him. Number two is that I didn't think they had enough wide receiver play outside of Michael Pittman. And you can't really count on Paris Campbell. He's played 15 games in three years. And then they drafted Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. Uh, so when you look at it in those regards, I think wide receiver is a place that can be the Achilles heel for the Indianapolis Colts, if we're looking at one position. Yeah, I actually don't hate that pick at all. I mean, they did, they draft Alec Pierce, like you said, a tight end. They brought in Jelani Woods. Um, yes. But Zach Paschal, he was the wide receiver second in catches. He only had 38 last season. So, yeah, I, I do think that this wide receiver room is potentially a legitimate concern. We'll find out, though, how much of that was Carson Wentz throwing the football and how much of that is going to look different with Matt Ryan throwing the football. That could certainly be a bit of a factor of what happened to that wide receiver room last season. Coming up next here on Canty and Carlin with Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys. It's time to get up and get down. Damian Woody put out his list of the top five must-watch players in the NFL this morning on Get Up. We'll react to it. That's next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys. It is time, Harry, for you to stop dancing because we okay. have to take things very serious. It's a very serious sorry, matter. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. It is get excited. up. It is get up, get down. It is the first time I believe that you have maybe played get up, get down. It is a newer segment here on Canty and Carlin where we take something said on get up. And we make a segment out of it. That's basically what it is. Damian Woody, he was on Get Up, and he listed his top five must-watch players in the NFL. Now, this list starts off okay and goes very quickly off the rails. So everybody buckle up, okay, for safety, kids. If you're in your car, I hope you're buckled up anyways. But even if you're not, go ahead and buckle up. Here's Damian Woody's top five must-watch players in the NFL. I'm going to go from one to five on this list because one's not shocking. Lamar Jackson is his number one must-watch player in the NFL. I think a lot of people would have him there, Harry, or close to him, obviously, close to that number. I mean, he's a dynamic, explosive player. Josh Allen, number two on this list, not terribly shocking. A lot of people probably would have him in the top five, okay? Yep. Then things get a bit weird. Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, Damien. Makes this Ezekiel Elliott, like 2022 Ezekiel Elliott, makes this list at number three. Mac Jones, <laughs> the Patriots quarterback. Again, the Ooh. Patriots quarterback in 2022, not the guy who was playing back in 2018, right? Like the Patriots quarterback today makes a list of must-watch players in the NFL. And rounding out this list is a guy I've hardly seen play football. I think I've seen him start two games for an injured Jimmy Garoppolo in Trey Lance. I have no idea if he's good. What do you make of Damian Woody's must-watch players? Well, there's a lot to unpack. Um, I thought Damian Woody started out the correct way with number uh, Lamar Jackson being number one and Josh Allen being number two. Now, obviously, he had the Hennessy, tequila, whiskey, <laughs> vodka. He probably had all four bottles from number three to number five. He was obviously. feeling good. Oh, he was feeling really good, <laughs> but the opposite end of the spectrum. Now, I just have a question, and I'm just going to name some names. That easily, that you can put it three, four, and five. What about Michael Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys? What about Debo Samuel from the San Francisco 49ers? What about Jamar Chase and what we've seen him do in his rookie year coming into this year? What about Tyreek Hill, a person that every time that he touches the football, there's an opportunity for it to go for an explosive play slash touchdown? What about Derrick Henry? Like, we all know, like, he's stiff-arming people, running over people. Like, what about him? What about Patrick Mahomes? What, what about those six people I just named? 
any of oh, those I, people, you I'm with been you. On. The, I mean, first of all, this is crazy. Talk. First of all, so when I was on first take and yesterday here on Canty and Carlin, I ended up in huge arguments because we were talking box office players. And I actually had Tyreek Hill as my most box office player in the NFL. People had a huge problem with that. If you want to make him a must-watch player, fine. But Tyreek Hill would be at the top of the list for me because of that speed. You're talking about a player that runs in an open field over 20 miles per hour. That is absolutely mind-blowing and insane. He, The Cheetah is the fastest player in the NFL, so he is absolutely a must-watch player. I, I don't have a problem. Really quick. Go ahead. So when I was in Tennessee, we played at Kansas City, right? And I knew Tyreek Hill was that deal. The second play of the game, our defense was on the field. They put Tyreek Hill in the backfield at running back. They gave him a counter play. It went for a touchdown, <laughs> and he made so many people fall on our defense. And seeing that speed in live action, I was like, what in the hell? His hamstrings I, are blessed. It just doesn't even make sense. I pulled his stats. I pulled his, st- his speed sp- stats for when I was on first take on Tuesday. It's so unbelievable. He goes like 0 to 10 miles per hour off the line of scrimmage faster than any other receiver in NFL history. I said over 20, he's, he's hit over 20 miles per hour, double digit times while he was with Kansas city in an open field. Like it's stupid. I can't even drive that fast. It doesn't even make sense. All right. So Tyree kill certainly would be at the top of the list for me. I'd have Josh Allen on this list. So I don't have a problem with him having Josh Allen at number two. I'd have Lamar on this list because nope. Lamar is just such a dynamic player. It's so unbelievable. What he does with his legs. He, he went down it, it, how many games last season? Was it the last six games last season that Lamar was injured for something mm-hmm. significant and somehow he still finished the season. I believe I don't have the stat in front of me, but it's something like 23rd in rushing in the NFL, even with him <laughs> missing so much time as a quarterback. So that's unbelievable. I don't understand how he has Ezekiel Elliott third in 2022. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott isn't even the most exciting must watch back on his own team. Nevertheless, in the NFL, I Mac agree. Jones, like, what are we talking about? I mean, I, great. Mac had a, a nice little rookie season in a pro bowl because Bill Belichick hit him for the huge majority of the second half of the season he, and played he, to his strengths because Belichick's a good coach. He belongs on the, the smartest list and uh, one of the most accurate lists. That's, that's the list he belongs on. Maybe. I mean, exciting? I don't really see what it looks no. like this year. I'm Definitely not, not busting exciting, down though. like my door and TV. Oh my God, I gotta go. I gotta see Mac Jones today. And yeah. I don't know, is Trey Lance exciting? I didn't watch much, what is it, North Dakota State football? And also, <laughs> I saw him start for two games last season. Like, I have no idea if he's exciting because I've seen him play so so little football that I really don't know. I don't even know if he's good. I hope he is for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, no Patrick Mahomes on this list. He would be on my list. Jamar Chase also would be on my list. I'd have Devontae Adams on my list. Like, what are we doing with yeah, must-watch players? Damian is, uh, But before uh. I put Trey Lance on there, I would put Debo Samuel on there, his teammate. Yeah, because uh, he's one hundred percent with you. Football. I mean, there's there's numerous players on the 49ers, including on defense. I would put yeah. on this list before I ever got to Trey Lance. Coming up next, what are the expectations for the Titans this year? We'll talk with someone who will know. This is Canty and Garlin on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys here on Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports. That's me at H Douglas 83. That's him. So there is football tonight, Harry. It is here. Preseason game between the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens kicks off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Let's talk about that game, the second game to be kicking off this evening. And for that, we bring in Kevin Dyson, former Tennessee Titan wide receiver. Also, Kevin went on to do great things after his playing career. He got his doctorate degree in education. He is the principal of Centennial High School in Tennessee. He also does the pre- and post-game analysis for the Titans on 104.5 The Zone. Kevin, is it harder to do pre and post for the Titans or to be a principal of a high school? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go with that principal job. That that right there is <laughs> a little bit different right there than what I've been used to. How I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say it depends what season you ask me about with the Titans, <laughs> but a uh, fair answer from you. So let's start with the storyline of Malik Willis because quarterback Malik Willis, uh, the rookie, is going to get the start tonight in this yeah. preseason opener. What are your expectations for Malik Willis? Well, you know, I, I think this is a prime opportunity for him. I think you talk about a guy who was projected to be a first round pick that slid for whatever reason, even though the draft is not an exact science, but it is what it is, and he's here. And if you're looking for somebody that potentially can be your guy of the future and nothing about Logan Whiteside or anything like that, but he doesn't necessarily exude that franchise Hall of Fame quarterback potential. And I'm not saying Malik is that guy yet, but you definitely got to see what you got invested. In my opinion, was somewhat of a steal to fall where he did to the Titans because of his, his upside, his potential, and his skill set. So, I'm excited to see him get the nod today just to just to evaluate him from my own personal perspective of live bullets, if you will. I know a lot of starters are not going to play in these preseason as the preseason has become more of an audition than preparation, but it still is an opportunity to get a glimpse on him and see how he's progressed from college to pro-style type of offenses. Now, Kevin, I got to go to a position that both of us know very, very well because we both yeah. played that position at the National Football League, and that's the wide receiver position. It's going to look a lot different than it did the last few years. You have a rookie in Traylon Burks who they drafted in the first round. Um, you also have a guy in Kyle Phillips who uh, everyone is raving about. You have Des Fitzpatrick, Racing McMath, uh, Cody Hollister, Mason Kinsey. Of all these guys, who do you think will have the best show? I'm, I'm saying of, – of, which two do you think will have the best showing of this wide receiver group, the young, the young guys, that is? Man, that's hard to say. I mean, because, uh, you know, there's still some question marks, about, to, in my opinion, by uh, Nicholas Westbrook-Akide. I mean, uh, you, you and I both play here. This hasn't necessarily been a wide receiver-friendly uni- uh, franchise, right? They, mm-hmm. You got to kind of get the ball when you get the ball. And you got to make the most of these opportunities. And that is what I want to see more so than anything. Again, you got a quote unquote, a rookie quarterback. And how's he going to respond? And so the opportunities might be slim, slim pickings. 
and where the ball's placed might be a little bit different to you, especially when you're talking about veterans and used to getting the ball placed and out of trouble and out of out of traffic and things of that nature, throwing you away from the hits and how's that going to translate to the league? So, you know, I, I think you know I want to see what Westbrook does. I want to see what Chandler does. I want to see Humphrey. I want to see some of these young guys. And I'll tell you another guy that that nobody has really been uh, talking about is the young guy from Tennessee. And I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. I'm sorry. Um, Tennessee wide receiver. Um, oh, my Josh goodness. Malone. I'm drawing a blank. Josh, Josh Malone, Malone. Thank you. I'm yep. so sorry. Yes, Josh Malone. This is a guy that potentially, with his length and his ability, he's a, he's a vertical guy that can, you know, scratch that zip chart. You talking about that fourth, fifth guy potentially that can be a quality backup receiver for this team? This is a guy I want to see what he can do, given the opportunities. Former Tennessee Titans wide receiver Kevin Dyson joining another former Tennessee Titans wide receiver in Harry Douglas and Amber Wilson. I, I was unfortunate. I never had the honor. Uh, unfortunately, you're listening to Canty Carlin on ESPN Radio. So, Kevin, I have to ask you about Ryan Tannehill. He's not going to be throwing the footballs tonight. That's going to be Malik Willis. But Ryan Tannehill, he spent his first couple seasons in Tennessee where he over exceeded expectations. He quieted all their critics. And then the wheels came off last season, even though the mm-hmm. Titans quite literally went through 91 plays last season throughout the year because of how many injuries there were. I know that the situation with his contract gets easier after the season. What do you expect from Ryan Tannehill this season? Well, I I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure on him this year. I mean, there is some question mark uh, as far as the receivers and uh, consistency there, right? You kind of knew what you had with an A.J. Brown and although the injuries kind of derailed him last year. And if we look at that, might be correlation to the inconsistency and maybe the drop from greatness, if you will, that Tenny Hill may have had when he didn't have that safety blanket as far as vertical threat. The guy he knew he can throw to, he can put it in. A.J. Brown had a big catch radius, right? He was going to come down with for the most part. And he he struggled last year. He had the injuries. He had some drops last year. And that kind of translated into maybe some lack of confidence in Tannehill. I don't think there's a confidence as far as a lack of confidence, I should say, from Tannehill as far as the knowledge of the game, uh, 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 understanding what to go with the football, how to protect the football. I think his confidence or lack thereof comes from what the other guys on the other side are doing. Are they going to be in the right spot? Are they going to be able to get separation? If you look at what happened last year to end the season with the pick, that was I'm trying to make a play to a guy, he didn't get separation, the ball gets tipped, we get a pick. So it's just one of those things where does he have faith and trust in those guys, but he's almost going to have to. And now you got the Helter Woods. Is he going to be a healthy guy? We know he's a, he has the ability to create separation to make plays, but all the other guys, are they going to be able to step up and also be able to create space? And then tight end, who's going to be stepping up in pass catchers and tight end? Can't run the football 99% of the time. You're going to have to throw football at some point, especially in this National Football League. Now, this day and age of football, I'm surprised the Titans are getting away with running the ball as much as they have, considering the fact that this is a throwing era. So there's a lot of question marks, in my opinion, on Tannehill, but a lot of it isn't necessarily on his ability. It's on what he's able to, from a confidence standpoint, portray to his other guys, and does he have that confidence to get them the football and have confidence in them. Yeah, Kevin, one thing I think is going to help him is a guy, uh, Austin Hooper. He was here in Atlanta for a long time with Matt Ryan, so I got to cover him a lot. Uh, he's going to be a guy that can be a safety net. But I want to go back to that last interception that you were talking about against the Cincinnati Bengals and why I was so upset about it. It's because in situational football, and especially in that situation, I call it KYP, mm-hmm. know, know your personnel. 
Uh, yes, in that sir. situation, me personally, I'm never throwing that football uh, to, to, to that person in that situation. I would force it to A.J. Brown or Julio Jones before I throw it, throw it there. I'm just being honest. Man, no, no, I, I'm, I'm glad you said, man. Uh, Eric, I'm, listen, I've said it all off season. I said it right after the game, during the post show. In that situation, know your personnel. I am not no 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 disrespect to Westbrook Akina or any of the other guys, but at that Correct. point in that, that game, unless you know you got that money play and you have to be that guy running that route, I'm 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 putting my money on the other guy. I got mm-hmm. to. It, especially in a situation like that. Now, you know, circumstances and it looked like that was his read and that's what he was going with the football. But I promise you, I'm going to AJ Brown and say, Look, get open. This is coming to you. you. Better give me your best stuff. I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna throw you away from trouble. Something. You better get open because I'm gonna get the, you getting this ball. It's it's crunch time. It's it's this first down or as the game's over. And I've been saying it all off season. And that's where I'm talking about that confidence standpoint of he tried to go to another guy. The guy didn't get separation. He gets tipped. His season ends. And there's no way the Titans shouldn't be. I mean, we all thought they were a Super Bowl contender at that point in juncture. But Cincinnati got hot. And we saw the kind of season they had, obviously, against the Super Bowl, which was a great thing, and kudos to them. But that was a game missed out for us, opportunity to go back to the Super Bowl for the Titans. So we won't see the starters tonight, or many of them anyways, but the Titans will be out there. They will be playing football against the Baltimore Ravens, 7.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Kevin Dyson, thanks so much for joining the show. I appreciate y'all having me anytime. All right, thank you. Coming up next, that was, by the way, that was that was some wide receivers just chopping it up. I was, so, I felt like I was inside a wide receivers room right then with you and, and Kevin Dyson. Coming up next, the second annual Field of Dreams game is tonight. We'll get you set for that and more when we get through three and out. Yankees, Red Sox, this weekend on ESPN Radio. And it's gone! Aaron Judge. Ready on your radio, the ESPN app, or your smart speaker. Yankee Sox, Saturday at 6.30 Eastern and Sunday at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys on Canty and Carlin. Harry, Eli Manning is the latest athlete taking a hand in sports ownership. The former Giants quarterback, signed on to become the newest minority owner of the NWSL's Gotham FC. The club announced on Wednesday as a kid Manning played soccer until he reached the fourth grade. He switched to football at some point that worked out okay for Eli Manning, but now he is an owner of a women's professional soccer team. What do you make of Eli Manning dabbling in actual (laughs) sports ownership? We've seen this now. With a bunch of these athletes, this is like the new athlete thing. I'm going to go buy a team or at least like, you know, buy a tiny stake in in some team. I actually like it. I like it a lot. Um, It just shows that today's athlete and their mental state and where their mind is uh, when it comes to being outside of football, the game of football or any sport. You see LeBron doing what he's doing. Derek here, I think he uh, is a minority owner in a soccer team. I think Patrick Mahomes is baseball, right? 
Did, did he go to the baseball side of things? I don't know. I don't follow. I don't think, don't ask me follow up questions. I'm not prepared. I think it, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I think he may have went to the baseball side of things, but this this is just uh, uh, athletes being more aware of what's out there for them to get involved in, and, and I love to see it though. I love the trend. Well, we've seen LeBron uh, get into soccer. We saw Magic Johnson, obviously, with baseball. baseball I mean, we've yep. seen this all over the place. We've seen Dwayne Wade right now do it in the jazz. NBA with the Jazz. Yep. So we have seen some athletes do it within their sport, although Eli is going a little bit more outside the box here. He has said that he has lived and worked in this community for almost two decades. It's home to me, and Gotham FC is my family's favorite club soccer team. Combine that with the organization's strong leadership, talented roster, and sustained growth, it became clear that joining this great group was a fantastic opportunity. They are located in Harrison, New Jersey, so Eli keeping it close to home and close to his Giants home as well. If you could own a team, Harry, or like a minority stake in a team, because a team's a, it's asking a lot. Financial. A lot of money there. Minority money stake, there. a lot of money. A minority stake on a team. What type of team would it be? Where would it be? I'll, I'll just go ahead and tell you a team. Um, for me, it would be the Atlanta Falcons. And okay, Arthur I know Blank. I, I know I Are played for listening? that organization for seven years. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be able to do their Bill Walsh Diversity coaching internship there. Um, and not only that, though, I grew up a Falcons fan. I went to the uh, Super Bowl when I was a little boy. But I know from the top down uh, that, that, that leadership is at the top of the spectrum. From Arthur Blank to – um, Rich McKay to Terry Fontenot to Arthur Smith. And I just, uh, I'm embedded in that organization. So I'm going to go with the Falcons. I like that, uh, that choice for you. I would probably go with my Miami Heat would be the team that Ooh. I'd like to own a minority stake in. But I also do think dabbling in international soccer would be an incredible experience. We are coming down the stretch here on Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas. We've been filling in for the guys hanging out. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports at HDouglas83. So it is time for us to go three and out. But before I do that, I want to thank the guests that we've had today. Harry Douglas is just playing his, what, like, what are you playing over there? Is this is a flute? I don't know my yeah, instrument. The trumpet. The, the trumpet. trumpet, that's right. Edwin Diaz, it's the trumpet. I feel like I should be familiar with trumpets at this point. I really need to brush up on my brass instruments. I don't know if Harry's playing it correctly, his air trumpet, Definitely but it not. looks legit <laughs> to me. Uh, I want to thank Diana Rossini for joining this show earlier. We've had a lot of help on today's show. Chris Canty stopped by his own show. Always a treat when he comes by his own show. And Kevin Dyson, also the former wide receiver. I felt like I was in a wide receiver room with the Tennessee Titans when Harry Douglas and Kevin Dyson were chopping it up. And now it is time for us, Harry, to go three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. This is three and out. It's the time that we get to the three stories that didn't make the rundown earlier in the show. And now I know why we were playing the trumpets. It appears that Timmy Trumpet, the artist behind Edwin Diaz's walkout music, will perform live on August 28th. It's on the Mets to make sure that they use Diaz no matter what the game situation is. I do feel like they probably have that one figured out. Like You can't have Timmy Trumpet performing live and not have Edwin Diaz walking out to it. What do you make of this trumpet music for Diaz? It's, I, I love it. And I got to witness it firsthand. I was able to go to the Subway Series, the Mets versus the Yankees, for the first time. 
And when he came out, Edwin Diaz, that is, and I'm like, what the hell is this music? It's pretty catchy. I went to moving my hips a little bit, but I see everyone at, at, at City Field getting excited, right? And I knew, because I'm, I'm a huge baseball fan, I knew that Edwin Diaz was phenomenal. And right now, in my eyes, I think he's the best closer in baseball. Oh, uh, yeah. But I did not uh, I know mean, he historic came. Historic right now. Historic is. Oh, what yeah. But I, I didn't know he came out to this music. And I just mm-hmm. lo- love the whole persona. I love everything about it. Now, this is kind of bad for me because I'm a, I'm a Braves fan, so I shouldn't even be bobbing to this. But naturally, it's just catching. And then seeing everybody, I seen one guy in the stands had a water bottle, put it to his mouth, and was blowing in the water bottle and hitting on it with his fingers like he had a trumpet. But it matches him. You talk about a guy. Uh, when he comes into the game, uh, you pretty much don't have a chance. 91K so far this season. Uh, no. I heard Buster Only the other day talking about he could potentially be a candidate for the Cy Young Award. Uh, and, and that's crazy when you talk about a closer. But he has been that dominant this He's year for the New York Mets. He's doing things that Mariano Rivera never oh, even did. Goodness. I mean, it's unbelievable yes. what Edwin Diaz is doing. I don't know how much of it is attributable to the trumpets themselves. Did Edwin Diaz make trumpets cool again? Because I feel like the trumpets oh, not. I don't know if a trumpet's cool. You know what I no, mean? He, but he, I feel he made like it, Edwin made Diaz it cool. is it's making, it's making the trumpet cool again. So kids, maybe you should pick up some trumpets in life. Maybe that's what will impress down the road. Ravens safety. I can't. I cannot. I cannot. Tony Jefferson. This. Tony Jefferson. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> Devin has the Jesus. font on the screen. It is probably like a 0.15 font. I don't even know how that's possible. When I copy and pasted this on here, it you cannot erase it for some reason. It's I, I so no weird. Why. Okay, I well, so I can't Tony Jefferson, it. you can't even see it at all. I was lost no. in the dark for a second there. This segment, by the way, is a very Ron Burgundy type of segment. Everybody can tell. I didn't read these in advance. Uh, Tony Jefferson, he made a wild admission. He said, I can't even lie. I stopped wearing my glasses years ago, which, man, if that's not on topic right now on brand, I stopped wearing my glasses years ago and might have been the dumbest thing I've ever done. I can see so much clearer and further with my glasses. It's wild. Harry Douglas, I apparently need glasses after trying to read this headline. What do you make of this admission from Tony Jefferson? I understand 1,000% where he's coming from. So, Amber, no one know this about, knows this about me, but I got prescribed glasses. and that, that, Like, I literally needed them bad in middle school. It's like, I'm not wearing these damn bifocals. No way. And that's back in the day, and I was going to middle school, when people picked at you on a, on a consistent basis. So, no, I'm glasses not wearing Glasses are cool now. Yeah, now people wear glasses are. that, like, aren't even prescription because they're, My they're eyes apparently cool. are so bad. I can hardly read anything. Uh, I remember I was doing my eye test when I was with the Falcons my last year, 14, right, before training camp. And it was like, you have bad cataract, however, whatever it is. It was like, you need contacts or you need glasses bad. I was like, okay, yeah, but I'm not getting them. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, like, I could have probably been better. But I have to, I'm, I'm going to get LASIK surgery to help my Are eyes. You? My, Why my haven't eyes you done are, it yet? I, I don't know. I don't know. You're what just I'm scared. Waiting. I think Harry Douglas I might am. have a, be a little scared. Uh, imagine how good you would have been if you could have seen the football that you were catching. No, I know. <laughs> so I used to. I, I, I struggled at stop. I know where you're going. <laughs> I struggled at nighttime uh, with lights and stuff, mm-hmm. and I struggled with the wind blowing in my in my eyes. That's why a lot of, for a lot of years I wore a visor because my eyes are very very sensitive as well. Which is why you're scared of LASIK surgery, although I hear it's a phenomenal thing to do. Devin, did you do this on purpose, make Tony Jefferson so small as a name that I couldn't read it, <laughs> so it set us up perfectly for a headline about glasses? Maybe. 
Now I look like oh. I need glasses. That is some production genius if you, in fact, did that on purpose. I feel like you didn't, but I'll give you the credit for it anyway. Spain and Fitz, more production genius coming up next.